Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Lehman Brothers claims more victims one year on, but will it finally lead to compensation for UK investors? What should savers fear more, inflation or deflation? And we look into the future of private banking and financial advice. All this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my colleagues from FT Money, Alice Ross. Hello. And Lucy Warwick-Ching. Hello. And our special studio guest, Adrian Lowcock, Senior Investment Advisor at financial advice firm Best Invest. Hello. So let's start with the money news. This week, investors who lost money in investment products linked to Lehman Brothers after the US bank collapsed a year ago received some bad news and potentially good news. The Financial Services Authority said on Wednesday that two companies that sold so-called structured products backed by Lehman Brothers bonds had gone into administration. NDF Administration and Defined Returns Limited, which marketed structured products to private investors, were forced to wind up after concerns were raised that they faced legal claims over inadequate risk warnings in their marketing literature. The move will affect 3,700 UK investors who had bought plans with the two providers. But it does mean that these investors will now be eligible to apply to the Financial Services Compensation Scheme. So, Alice, does this development mean that people may get their money back? Yes, it does mean that they may get their money back. It certainly introduces a level of um, a greater level of certainty than there was before. Because remember, these investors have had their money locked up in these products for well for a year now since Lehman's went bust. Uh, they haven't been able to get at the money at all, and they haven't really been they haven't known how to get at the money. So now, the fact that two of these main uh, structured product providers have been put into administration is at least kick-starting a process where they can now go to the financial services compensation scheme and try and get some of the money back. First, the one thing to note is that before they can go to the FSCS, the scheme has to deem uh, these providers, uh, NDF Administration and Defined Returns Limited, in default. And that's a bit of a technical process which can take time. It can take months, possibly even longer. So, So that would be the bad news in that the it's been kick-started, but we don't really know how long it will take for them to get their money back. And there's also actually another caveat, which is that the financial services compensation scheme only pays a maximum of £48,000 back. So anyone who had more than that in one of these products won't see the rest of that money. So it's not necessarily all good news um right now. For those listeners who are not familiar with structured products... Um, what exactly was the problem 
with the products that were offered by NDF Administration and Defined Returns Limited? Well, the way they work is that uh, they offer you um, a guarantee of your money back. So, you, you know, if you originally invest whatever it is, £50,000, they guarantee you that you will get that £50,000 back, uh, usually at a certain date in the future, often their structure for three years or five years, along with... Um, any return on a certain uh, stock market index or sometimes it's a basket of goods. Um, so, you know, the, the idea is quite appealing to investors because it offers them some security um, with the prospect of some stock market return. So you can understand why investors would buy them. But what has possibly not been made clear in that is that this guarantee isn't completely watertight. The way that the structured product provider um, ensures that the guarantee is met is by um, using bonds from other investment banks. Uh, now, Lehman's Brothers was one bigger bank. They weren't the only bank that were underwriting these products. There were other banks as well, but obviously Lehman's was the one that ran into problems. So um, when Lehman's went into administration, that meant that the uh, guarantees could no longer be met and the investor's money was locked up in the products. And it seems that the, the problem here was that the marketing material used by these two firms didn't make that risk uh, sufficiently clear, hence the Financial Services Authority taking the action that it that it has done. For um, investors who might currently have a structured product with another provider or who may have been even thinking about buying one, uh, what's the advice in terms of assessing the risk? Uh, I think just be very, very aware uh, of where the risk lies. Um, there's been some controversy that we found out recently. I mean, we've been following this structured product story for a while on FT Money, but we um, reported earlier this year that some providers wouldn't state who the people behind their bonds were. So they wouldn't say what companies were backing up the guarantees. Now, that to me seems a little bit dodgy. If you're going to buy one of these things, make sure that you know what investment banks or what companies are backing up the guarantees and take a view on how strong you think those companies are. And if you think there's any um, chance of a wobble there, then I would steer clear of the structured product. Um, very good advice indeed. And I think the, yeah, the, the lesson of this is make sure you understand exactly who's behind uh, the product that you're buying. Thanks for that, uh, Alice. And for more on uh, these structured products, look out for Alice's article in FT Money with this weekend's FT or go online to ft.com forward slash money. Still to come on the show, what will financial advice and wealth management firms look like in the future? First, though, inflation, or rather the lack of it or rather the threat of deflation. This week, the Office of National Statistics reported that inflation fell further in September to reach its lowest level in five years. Inflation, as measured by the Consumer Prices Index, dropped to an annual rate of just 1.1% last month, down from 1.6% in August. Economists had previously expected the CPI rate to fall to just one3 3%. And the longer-standing Retail Prices Index, which is used as the reference point for uprating benefits and tax thresholds, remained in negative territory at minus 1.4%. However, with billions of pounds being injected into the economy through the Bank of England's quantitative easing scheme, some fear that inflation will soon return with a vengeance. So if you're a saver or investor, should you be hedging your portfolio against inflation or deflation? Um, 
Alice, it's difficult to know, isn't it? It is difficult to know. This is actually one of the biggest questions, if not the biggest question facing investors at the moment, because whether you're buying assets uh, to protect against inflation or deflation uh, makes quite a big difference. You're buying completely different things if you're worried about inflation and if you're worried about deflation. So you really need to take a view. Um, Adrian, how do investors go about taking a view on inflation and deflation? What are the pressures either way? It's very difficult for investors to take a view because um, experts have different views. Uh, the pressures are, are, I mean, one of the big pressures at the moment is, is oil. Oil prices have been very volatile over the last two years. And what we're seeing at the moment is a deflationary pressure from oil because the price is nearer $70 a barrel. A year ago, it was about $100 a barrel. Uh, that's about to change. If it stays at $70 a barrel by December, oil was closer to $35 a barrel then. So that will actually act as an inflationary pressure going forward. Uh, there's a couple of other factors that kick in around December, January time. Uh, the VAT cut that uh, came in, into place uh, in the middle of the crisis that will expire in January and that will add a, a big sort of spike to inflation. So our, our view is very much that we'll see an inflation spike uh, coming forward as, as the uh, price volatilities move, uh, work, get, work out the system. Um, but after that, I think inflation is probably going to remain uh, sort of on the weak side. So I don't think it will be a big inflationary driver going forward. Um, the economy is still weak, so you need, you need consumer confidence to really uh, be able to absorb rising prices and, and they're just not there yet. Okay, so so we'll move on to deflation in a second. But uh, if you believe in this weak inflation scenario, uh, what should you buy? Um, if you've got a weak inflation scenario, I mean, it's actually not a bad situation. It's pretty good for a range of products. Uh, what would be good to buy is, is things with a decent yield, and I think it's all about the income yield. So commercial property funds, uh, corporate bonds still look relatively attractive, although some of the capital benefits have been taken out of those. Um, and and e- equities will do reasonably well in a, in, a, in, a, in a sort of benign inflationary environment. Any old equity? Any um, particular types? You get different types. I mean, cyclicals will do will do okay in that, um, and, and defences will actually do relatively well because of the yield as well. Um, it, it's when you get the extremes that, 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 that you want actually to then pick a certain area on equities. So if you're more concerned about high inflation, well, cyclicals will do okay in the short term, but then, you know, you've got to bring inflation under control in the longer term. Okay. Okay, so so let's look at deflation now. Now, it's interesting that you mentioned that defensive equities would do well in an inflationary environment, because I've also heard that they might be a good pick in deflation because of the yield that you can get on these stocks. Defences do sort of well in benign inflationary environments and, and, and sort of more deflationary environments because you're buying the yield. Um, and if... Uh, 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 RPI is at one, minus 1. 1.4 and your yield is 3%, the real return is nearer 4.4%. So it, it, you, you're buying that yield as a, as a way to get a return. Um, so also what you would look to buy is, is corporate bonds, defensive sovereign debt. Um, and I think a lot of the sovereign debt fund managers, they believe in a more deflationary environment um, and they would see money flowing into those funds if, if, we, if we continue along this track for, for a protracted period of time. But we don't. You're not expecting us to. You think inflation will pick up again? What What do people who disagree with you think? So, what would be the argument if you do think we're going to continue along the deflationary track? Um, the argument is, I mean, that that uh, uh, prices will will fall as and import prices will will continue to fall. But it, it the, the counter to that is that um, sterling is is getting weaker, not stronger. So, um, deflation could be uh, driven by a rising uh, uh, pound. And uh, other things is, you know, if imports are falling, then then it's, you know, weaker prices from other countries trying to increase their exports into the UK. Um, But, yeah, we just don't see that position at the moment. We see the weak pound, 
will actually drive inflation as opposed to uh, a stronger pound driving deflation. Okay, and just finally, if you find all this rather too confusing and you really can't make up your mind if there's going to be inflation or deflation, does it make sense to try and hedge your portfolio against both? Uh, yeah, I mean, it does. There's an argument to always sort of have a balance of assets because um, with an argument like this, there, there's a fine sort of tipping point and the quantitative easing, it, the, the, if it goes on too long and it has, isn't taken back at the right time, then inflation could become an issue in the longer term. Um, so, and that can that tipping point can change very quickly. Uh, products like uh, commercial property funds would actually uh, help you uh, benefit from both environments because the yields are very attractive. Um, so that's benefited in a deflationary environment, but in an inflation environment, yields are very attractive anyway. So a commercial property fund would be an all-weather. Uh, area to look at, and and, and that's starting to uh, starting to see that uh, attraction at the moment in that area. So it is possible to have a win-win situation on this. Uh, it should be yes. <laughs> well, I'm glad you can cover yourself in uh, in either situation. So thanks for that, uh, Adrian and uh, Alice. And for a checklist of the assets to hold in either an inflationary or deflationary uh, environment, uh, look out for Alice's article in FT Money this weekend and online at ft.com forward slash money. And finally today, the future of private banking, wealth management and financial advice generally. For the past three weeks, the FT has been pondering the future of investing. But what about the future of the investing experience? The financial crisis has exacerbated a lack of trust in institutions on the part of private investors, according to recent surveys. So will these institutions and these advisors have to change? Uh, Lucy, um, Will wealth management companies and private banks look different in the future, do you think? Well, they're certainly going to need to think about how to adapt to demands from clients. We've seen a couple of very major reports from PwC and Scorpio Partnership this year talking about an increased lack of trust between clients and managers. And there's been quite a few other things that they've been talking about, demand for transparency and need to control costs and a kind of lack of client relationship skills from some managers. So if they're actually listening to these reports, which they should be, then they must be sitting there thinking about how to change their business models at the moment. And in terms of changing their business models, uh, is this expected to result in changes to the fee structures that wealth managers and, and private banks impose? In other words, will financial advice, discretionary portfolio management get cheaper? Experts I've been speaking to this week have been saying that the fee structures definitely need to change. They need to be simplified and people need to be able to understand them and also compare them between different providers or different wealth managers. Um, So some are suggesting that we could see an introduction of something like performance-related fees where clients only pay a certain price if their funds actually go up. Um, in value by the amount that the manager has said they would do. Or there could be a flat fee introduced, but there certainly needs to be more transparency of fees, and that's what we're expecting to see, say, in the next kind of five years. And this whole transparency issue uh, seems to have come across incredibly strongly uh, uh, in these recent research reports. And I suppose it's not just fees, is it? It's transparency over what uh, clients' money is actually being put into. Yes, exactly. People now are calling for more kind of reporting structures. So people are actually saying that they want the manager to give them an update on on how their money's doing kind of every three months or every six months. I think at the moment they only have to do it every year and some, some managers only do it kind of once a year, although in the financial crisis people have been taking much more of an interest on what's happening and been speaking to managers and, and private bankers about this.
and more transparency um, over investments, more transparency over fees will uh, presumably um, promote greater independence uh, on the part of the advisors and the way in which they they give advice, which I suppose is something else which you take for granted but hasn't been the case. Exactly. It's not actually the fees that's the problem. It's how they're sold and whether the managers are actually tied to the products they're selling. So if a wealth manager is actually selling in-house products, they need to make that very clear. People are saying that in the future we could see much more independent firms. So some wealth managers may just absolutely sell no in-house products at all. And just finally, if I can bring in Adrian, if we, if we can move from St James's Street to the High Street uh, very briefly, um, you're an independent financial advisor, the uh, FSA is banning commission for uh, financial advisors uh, at the end of 2012. How's that going to affect your business? Um, it's, uh, fortunately, I mean, the way we operate is we, we work on the, 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 the flat fee structure, so it's um, sort of a clear upfront fee negotiated and agreed ahead of any work is done. Um, it uh, the commission, the, the problem with it is that um, it's not always clear to, to, to investors when they're being charged commission, where the commission is being on the product, who pays the commission to the advisor. So you end up with a situation of an advisor being tied to a particular product. Um, and I think, I mean, the, the, the plan is to sort of ban commission at the moment, but it, it's still in the consultation phase. So things could change. Uh, it's not, not, not a done deal as yet. Um, and um, it will be interesting to see how it, how it does uh, sort of finalise and settle down. But the future could be not so much bright, but uh, transparent. Uh, so thank you for that, uh, uh, Adrian. And uh, Lucy, if you'd like to read more about the advice services you can expect in the future, do look out for Lucy's article uh, in the final part of our three-part series on the future of investing in this weekend's FT. And Alice will also be looking at uh, the future of uh, financial advice. But that's all for this week's FT Money Show. Remember that you can get your weekday news updates on our website, ft.com forward slash money. And you can read and comment on our latest blog posts at ft.com forward slash money matters. And you can even follow us on Twitter from that web page. We'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from Alice, Lucy and Adrian Lowcock of Best in Best. Goodbye. Goodbye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their Golden Glow body set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow & Go facial set provides spa-level results at home. Both sets come in giftable boxes with savings up to $48 and free shipping for a limited time. For 10% off your first order site-wide, go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM.